I V M. You are listening to the Signals. Brought to you by Front Page Studios. If Succession were made in India, it would have been a soap opera. And if you need proof, just look at the drama behind the prolific business dynasty of the Singhanias. In the latest episode, Gautam Singhania, a prominent industrialist and chairman of the Raymond Group, is splitting from his wife of 32 years, Nawaz Modi, who's the owner of Body Art, a chain of fitness centers. They announced the split earlier this month through social media. According to Economic Times, Modi is seeking 75% of Singhania's 1.4 billion dollar net worth for their two daughters, Niharika and Nisa. Singhania is believed to have agreed to the demand after emphasizing the ex-couple's joint commitment towards their children and has suggested setting up a trust for the family with himself as the sole managing trustee, something Modi doesn't agree upon. Modi herself is member on 11 boards of Raymond's companies including its flagship Raymond Limited India's leading producer of luxury fabrics while Singhania is the managing director of the group which reported a revenue of over rupees 83 billion in this fiscal year Now that you have some context let's return to the main story What makes this family drama a good choice for a serial is its eccentric leads and strong supporting characters The Raymond Group was formed as a part of the larger JK organization under Singhania's late great-grandfather Lala Kamlapat Singhania which controls several influential companies like JK Tire, JK Cement and JK Files. The organization was then divided into three parts amongst his heirs under the Kanpur, Delhi and Mumbai factions of the family which have a history of disputes, controversies and lawsuits. And let me spill some beans here when it comes to lawsuits The Mumbai family which is in charge of Raymond Group leads the way. Following the classic trope, Vijaypat Singhania, grandson of Lala Kamlapat, reluctantly took over the family business and helped turn the JK organization into India's third largest industrial conglomerate in the 50s to 80s. But anyway, he held the charge in a property dispute with Kanpur and Delhi families and in 2000 gave control of the company to his younger son Gautam Singhania. soon after cutting contact with his elder son which prompted his grandchildren to file a petition seeking back their stake in the company clearly the plot is writing itself in 2007 raymond under gautam singhania's leadership decided to renovate jk house a 37 story property where vijaypat was staying vijaypat agreed to shift to his childhood home in the meantime only to face another twist he was hit with a fresh complaint from his elder son over ownership of the property and found out his earlier flat was being quoted to him at 11 times the agreed price he sued his son for ownership of the building accusing him of arrogance and dishonesty even after all he had done for him the family seemingly has a history of putting businesses ahead of good relations now what happens between gautam singhania and nawaz modi remains to be seen both are backed by high status lawyers who say it's too early to tell how the dispute will turn out the only thing we know for sure is that everyone will be well dressed in the court i mean we are talking about raymond guys for the next few minutes you're going to know a little more than you did yesterday from the world of technology business policy and anything that leaves you with food for thought hello i'm manaswini and this is the deep dive for 21st november 2023 this is the final word 
Sam Altman is not returning to OpenAI. Despite pressure from investors and backlash from employees over firing Altman, OpenAI is both stuck to its guns. And now the question is, what's next? Where will the industry go from here? Let's talk about Mr. Altman first. Over the past year, Altman earned many epithets. Be it AI superstar, Oppenheimer of our age, doomsday prepper, and now the fallen founder. According to the Wall Street Journal, he was furious with himself for not having ensured that the board stayed loyal to him. But anyway, that bridge has been burned and the road ahead leads to Microsoft. Satya Nadella announced yesterday that Microsoft is hiring Altman and he will lead a new advanced AI research team within the company. OpenAI's former president Greg Brockman and other senior researchers who quit OpenAI in solidarity with Altman will also be joining Microsoft. Nadella for now has promised that his company will quickly provide resources needed for Altman's success. We'll see what Altman's success would look like in Microsoft in due time, but for the moment, his halo appears to be dimmed. That's because this isn't the first time that he has been asked to leave a company. According to the Wall Street Journal, several years ago, senior leaders at Y Combinator asked him to step down from the role of president. He left Y Combinator in March 2019. And then Altman's first startup, Loop, was also a failure. His sudden firing and failed attempt at a comeback in OpenAI also suggests he could not shake the very board that he helped set up. However, it cannot be denied that Altman made OpenAI the hottest startup on earth. He excels at fundraising and can easily be credited for dragging AI into the mainstream, selling the world the promise and peril of generative artificial intelligence. In fact, before his dismissal, Altman was busy hatching different AI business plans such as collaborating with iconic Johnny Ive, who is Apple's former chief designer, to build AI hardware and reportedly seeking investors in the Middle East for a startup focused on producing low-cost chips essential for training AI models. Which brings us to OpenAI. Will the ChatGPT maker be able to survive the void that Altman's absence will throw up? The new interim CEO, Emmett Shia, who was former chief executive of Twitch, has his work cut out for him. Employees have threatened to resign over Altman's sudden ouster and competitors are reportedly eager to poach the top AI talent. OpenAI has already lost a bunch of its top executives and researchers to its investor, Microsoft. And secondly, if OpenAI is serious about maintaining the edge it has over its competitors, it will need to rethink money. And in this episode, it made it clear where its priorities lie. That is AI safety over profits. Despite investors' pressure, OpenAI's board did not budge. The New York Times reported that in a memo sent to staffers, the board defended Altman's ouster as the only part to advance and defend the mission of OpenAI. Now, investors may even think twice before funneling money into OpenAI. And clearly, it's not going to be a cakewalk for Shia to fill Altman's shoes. But for what it's worth, OpenAI is still the maker of Globe's most advanced large language models and its top investor Microsoft says it is still committed to their partnership. Which brings us to the elephant in the room, Microsoft itself. Alongside Altman, I believe the top executives at Microsoft also had an unexpectedly wild weekend. After all, the company put all its eggs in one basket when it announced an investment of $13 billion in OpenAI. And it was frankly going rather well. It was infusing AI in all its businesses, and markets were cheering on. But the non-profit structure of OpenAI was, well, as expected, quite tricky. Altman, who described himself as a centrist between accelerationists and safety advocates, was presumably 
a bridge between for-profit Microsoft and the OpenAI's board. Now it remains to be seen how Microsoft will handle its relations with OpenAI in absence of Altman. The information, however, had reported earlier that Microsoft wants to lessen its addiction to OpenAI's technology and is already working on that by developing alternatives to OpenAI products. But now that Microsoft has Altman, Brockman and OpenAI's other top AI researchers in-house, it may be easier to wean off OpenAI. If you like listening to The Signal Daily, please show us some support. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. We'd love to hear what you have to say about this podcast. So feel free to shoot an email at hello at thesignal.co. The Signal Daily is produced in association with IVM. The episode was researched and written by Dhruv Sharma and Anoop Samwal. Edited by Roshni Nair and Dinesh Narayanan. Produced by me. Mastered and mixed by Manas and Nirvan. You can catch this podcast every morning on Spotify, Apple, Amazon Prime Music, Google Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts. We are the signal.co on Instagram, LinkedIn and Twitter.